This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Good Shabbos, Raptor fans. What's going on? I'm your host, Aiden Moss, with my boy, Oren Weisfeld. A tragic capital L loss to the Atlanta Hawks in overtime. 124 Atlanta, 122 Toronto Raptors. Hell of a performance from a very undermanned Raptors roster. Uh, A hell of a performance in effort. Individually, not so much for some, but uh, a great game to watch. Very exciting. Oren, thoughts on the loss? Thoughts on the loss? Yeah, I guess in the end, they just ran out of steam. And, you know, they only really played seven guys tonight. I'm just looking at the box score the Raptors did. So not really surprised that, you know, as we just said, OG's legs lost under him and all his shots were coming up short at the end. Fred didn't even look to shoot the ball, which is rare for him uh, in the second half of that game. And when he did, he was one of 11 from three. Um, You know, Scotty brought it. He was really the only guy with energy, I thought, at the end of the game. That's ironic. Um, Yeah, but just not enough. Just not enough uh, guys, really, which is, you know, credit the Hawks for sticking it out until the very end and, and then kind of seeing their depth pay off. But overall... We can talk about what went wrong for the Raptors overall, though. I think a pretty encouraging loss as far as losses go. Very encouraging. I mean, the the Hawks were a full cast essentially, and um, they and we battled with them with you know however many guys were missing. Uh, guys stepped up. Wancho had a nice little game. Flynn finally. Flynn. Flynn performed yeah. like I always expect Flynn to, and they just don't drop. And finally, you could just see the uh, relief ooze off of him every time a bucket went in. Like he fist pumped every time down the floor, or like big happy clap. And I felt that for him in my heart. I was just like, good for this guy. He finally deserves one of those games this year. He was uh, 58% on shooting, three for six from three. Uh, three assists, one turnover, fouled out, unfortunately, but he got 20 I thought minutes. that was crucial. Like, overtime, they just didn't have enough scores, and you could kind of feel it going into overtime how crucial his absence was going to be. Yeah, and a BS final uh, oh foul call. Like I that. got that one, too. Dude, I, like, yeah, do you want to play it? Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Trey just, like, really like, good like he ran into a wall or something. Um, yeah, no, no, the Raptors brutal. absolutely and, had a tough night from the officials tonight. They did. And the refs that like, we're not going to go too deep into the refs, but one job they have as professional arbiters is to pick up bullshit like this when it's like the game is on the line and it's a superstar trying to just make something out of nothing and mm-hmm. like shame on them for not picking up on that call, but whatever. Barnes, you I'm going to go to, well, okay, other... Can we just talk about the finish real quick? Because I have sure. a clip. Let's do it. This is just, this is the last play of the game. 
Um, and something that shouldn't happen. I, yeah, I, I think I think the mistake here is kind of twofold. I think. So let's let's talk about the play just for those who are listening, maybe. So OG okay, hits so- two free throws with. Uh, what five, three seconds left, three and a half seconds yeah, left, and he hit two clutch ones at the end of regulation, too. Um, oh, and on that note, OG good. downhill is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, now. we'll talk about him. Okay, all right. I just I'm excited. All right, yeah, I think so. All the attention seems to be on Trey Young here. That he, there, he's the one guy they don't want putting up like a half court heave, right? Yeah, um, so Thad's denying him instead of guarding the baseline, which is you know, arguably the wrong decision as well. I don't know. Let me see Thad. Um, yeah, I don't know. So they they still a, have a guy behind Thad though, right? Like a, a Hawks player. If you're talking matchups, yeah. But you know, with three seconds left, you don't want to make that initial. It's kind of like a coverage play in NFL. Like if you're covering the deep and you're letting those short that short shit go, like he should have. They should have been pressuring the inbounder personally. But anyway, continue. Yeah, that's fair. I just noticed what Trey Young did after this bucket goes. In. Oh but yeah, I think the problem here is Coloco stepping up too much on capella like well there's two like, guys there drop back. Right. yeah but but he's the one further back so he needs to drop back and what's scotty doing alongside trey here i don't know what scotty's doing at this point in the scotty's position. fully out of the play okay, look where he is half court so yeah, Scotty should know. be on Trey. that's the mistake so scotty's slow yeah. to like get going and but so OG also made- OG also made a mistake because he needs to just let Trey shoot the three at this point. Like, well, yeah, he shouldn't. Have, yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have gambled. Yeah. But Did look, he do a Trey, suck it? Look, does Trey, Trey do a suck it or what? Is that? What? I don't know what he does. Like a na 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 boo boo. I think. <laughs> he's such a dingus, man. I I love that he knows that he's a dingus, but he I is a he's a dingus. Lot, he had an incredible night. Good for Griffin too, scoring on his dad's team. He had a good night. He he kind of saved this team. He got like to your point about us lack of, our lack of spacing. He he solved Atlanta's lack of spacing for sure. Yeah, no, he was he came up huge in uh, overtime, and I think something that was kind of underrated that really hurt the Raptors down the stretch was defensive rebounding. Like he got that one offensive rebound off a of free throw in overtime, which you just can't have happen. But there was a lot of times in the late fourth quarter that the Raptors had a chance to kind of blow the game open, take like a 10-point lead, and the Hawks just kept getting these second-chance opportunities. And I thought that was a big difference too. I mean, we really even shouldn't have been in overtime, right? Scotty misses a, a wide open layup. It should have been a two handed dunk. I think if he doesn't hurt his his ankle, maybe maybe he was worried about timing. I'm not really sure. Uh, or yeah, maybe he was he was gingerly jumping off that foot. But we shouldn't even. This game should have been over in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of a shame. I think that's the only reason why I'm kind of sad about this loss is that like it was ours to win. Um, and we let it slip through our hands. It's always tough. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for that play. Uh, I can't find it right now. But other end of the game, other uh, contributors. Thad Young was nine for twelve. He had fourteen in the second quarter. Four steals, nine boards, four assists. Uh, shout out Matt Hogg. I finally figured out who is giving me shit for celebrating Thaddeus Young. The trade, the acquisition, that in the last four or five games has been huge for us. Um, and so I'm celebrating that acquisition. I'm celebrating the celebrating the acquisition. 
he has really like stepped up and been an integral like tertiary kind of player for us. He's been where he needs to be uh, for loose balls for rebounding at four steals tonight. He's just kind of all over and he's he's yeah he has his hands on a lot of these plays even when this when the stats aren't showing up for him. So yeah. that was that's great to see. Anyone who didn't like that trade is just a draft analytics nerd, so I don't really pay attention to them. But uh, we said it at the time; it's a good trade. Um, Thad is amazing because also I like that he can play the center, but also play the four with like beside Coloco, like he did most of the time tonight. And that's the other piece of this deal, right? Like the Raptors, if we want to talk about the trade, they move back ten spots in the draft uh, to get Thad Young re-sign Thad Young and they draft Coloco and I thought Coloco was really really good tonight like yeah early in the first half the Capella Trey pick and roll was just eating the Raptors yeah he alive. really solved that lob. yeah exactly he came in and he just was the one guy with the kind of length even though he like his pick and roll footwork still leaves a lot to be desired he he often makes mistakes it's just his size is just a game changer when when it comes to those lobs and he can kind of play both the ball handler and the lob threat. And he did a really good job taking that away. He had a couple huge offensive rebounds late in the game, four blocks. Um, like he's still a rookie, but he's playing 30 minutes a night. This is going to be really good for him down the line. Yeah, he is. Uh, someone mentioned our depth. Like he attributes to our depth and it's not going to be consistent, but it's nice that we have somebody that we can defensively throw out another look at. You know, it's like, like you're saying, we're getting eaten alive on those pick and rolls and he's breaking up those lobs. Um, and then he's also, he's on the offensive glass. He's active. He, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired as far as finish goes or having, you know, mm -hmm. any sort of being any sort of offensive threat. But we saw in uh, last game, uh, you know, Freddie making use of him as a lob threat. Like he's just, he brings a dynam dynamicy to this team that we, we have lacked um and so yeah he had a pretty solid but uh, but yeah like our depth generally just you know guys who keep stepping up and this is so rare for us in the last couple of years to experience where um mm -hmm. you know we're used to like hoping that Sfi or yuda is going to do something or a flynn and this year like we've it's been a pleasant surprise um well yuda is leading the league in three point percent i know I never wanted to let you to go. I'm just, but I he, didn't he did also not necessarily answer the call when we needed him to yeah, last year. Yeah. So um, we saw less of Wancho in the second half, I feel like, which was, I guess that had more to do with like Flynn's success. Yeah. yeah. But, but Wancho had good minutes as well. Really good. Um, no, for sure. I tweeted that out during the game. Like the depth of this team stands out and really like credit. I wanted to say this actually too, because I think I was wrong. I mean, I don't want to say I'm wrong because it's they okay, lost man. The you can game. admit it. Yeah, like they lost the game, but I did say when Siakam got injured, the, the Raptors are going to have a really tough time, uh, kind of making up for his absence. And maybe I over exaggerated that. I think I over exaggerated that because the depth is there and the collective like IQ and coaching, I think, is so good on the Raptors that they kind of have been able to transition from this siakam heliocentric team to like all these other guys chipping in and the offense i think they're actually like sharing the ball better without siakam they are the they are right yeah and yeah, without scotty i think like scotty was did was magnificent tonight as far as yeah. passing goes he had nine assists which is a lot for him but the last 
And actually, we'll get to Scotty, but the last couple of games, I haven't felt like he's it. The ball has stuck with him, but but this the second unit or some of these guys that are moving into the into the starting lineup have really yeah. greased the wheels on our on our passing and ball movement. Yeah, like Wancho and Thad are both guys who are not going to hold the ball for more than like a second. They're going to get off it or they're going to drive. Too. Like yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like the fr- the Raptors front office just did such a good job this offseason with you, you think about Wancho and Otto, who are two good shooters who move the ball and just fit in. Uh Boucher and Thad re-signing those guys to friendly deals. And then Coloco is the draft pick. Like I think it was a hit of a summer. There aren't any misses there, it feels like to me. So credit them for that. Uh let's talk about Scotty though. What did you think about Scotty tonight? Temper, yeah, well, you want you want to go through the line? He was um, ten for twenty. No, sorry, eleven for twenty nine. That's a that's got to be a career high in shots. Got to be four probably. for eight from three, two free throws, eleven boards, nine assists, one shy of a triple dub, a steal, two blocks, three turnovers, three personal fouls. He's minus one, twenty eight points. Like, you're not mad about that. That's for sure. Yeah, so this is the final play of the game, and I'm not showing it to hate on Scotty because I have good things to say about him. No, it happens. It was funny... Well, I have things to hate on Scotty, but not because of this. Yeah, it was it was a funny like ending of the game. Um, Scotty, yeah. So there's like the fan base seems to have like freaked out about Scotty temporarily because he's in the shooting slump, and there was these games with with on the road trip, especially like OKC and Detroit um, where he just wasn't performing very well. And people started kind of taking the narrative like, "Uh Oh, is this guy going to be a bust? Is he going to stop improving offensively? And so I decided to write a piece about it. So I've kind of been like, obviously not about him being a bust, but like about like, are these worries warranted basically? Like David Thorpe also went on Will Lou's Raptor show and was talking about Scotty and being really negative in terms of what he had to say about him this season. Uh, just being, he basically was like, it's clear that he didn't put the same amount of work in that, that, a, that a Siakam put in this off season. He's not playing with the same kind of energy that we saw him play. I don't agree. Last year. I don't agree with the work thing, but continue. Yeah. The work who knows, but I think like, there's always nuance to these things. And like, on one hand, there was definitely games this season where Scotty didn't have the same like intensity and energy that we're used to seeing him have. Um, But everyone's going to go through ups and downs and have off nights. And I think in general this season, like he, the only reason I think people are being negative is because there has been times where his workload has been asked to take a huge jump with Siakam out and he's just not the type of guy who's going to get you like, you know, who's going to create a bunch of buckets for himself and run the offense for himself and be this big scorer. But like tonight, 29 shots a lot, but he is the type of guy who's going to get everyone involved and and make the right plays. And just like when he is locked in, which I think he's been the last two games, he's just a menace all over the court. He's doing a little bit of everything. So ultimately, like, I'm not. This is a long way of saying, like, I'm not worried about Scotty at all. I actually think the process is just fine. Uh, the results haven't been there this season. He is missing a lot of, you know, pretty good looks. Um, but it's but it's the yeah. looks that bother me. And I think, like, he has shown a lot. Personally, as Samson and I were arguing about this over Twitter, like, personally, the way I see observing these games is there's such a juxtaposition between energized Scotty 
and disinterested Scotty. Like it's it's quite a like measurable almost, you know, like like observable. And I think you can't have that first of all. Like I understand he's a sophomore and maybe we have too high expectations on him, but you can't you can't engage disengage like he has. Um it's almost to the point where it's like a little bit pouty, which I, like I don't love. Um and then but then when he is aggressive for the most part, I love it. But tonight, the problem was, in my opinion, and okay. So, and then address the the work that that um, Thorpe's talking about. I disagree. Like his handles are are like demonstrably better than they were last year. His shooting has obviously gotten way better. Like the way in which he's uh, attacking as a scorer is so much different than he did last year. So I actually don't agree with that at all. And I accept that he can be in a funk, whatever else. My problem is. These like dribbling combinations, uh, especially tonight, these dribbling combination pull-up jumpers where nobody else gets involved. And he hit a couple early, so it was kind of like justified. But especially in overtime, you saw him look over, look off Freddie multiple times. Freddie like go screened him, didn't get the ball, and then Scotty calls him back for a screen. And Freddie's like, What the fuck? I just ran the play for you. And like that's to me, problematic where you go from zero to a thousand because this isn't your team and it's not an effective way to run an offense. We've already seen what happens when you run it this way, like nothing happens. Um, and it, yeah, I think it was just a missed opportunity in overtime where Scotty just constantly was trying to create something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not where he's best. He's best on like a secondary action or like you know, getting the ball off a driving kick and then attacking and then finding somebody else. That's where he's at his, his best. So that was pretty frustrating tonight. No, oh, 100% you're right. But I just think this is the, there's always going to be a transition for a player to go from fourth option connective playmaker to, okay, Siakam's out. Now you need to take 20 shots a night. Like, how are you going to take those shots? Like, well, that, yeah. you're, you're right. The shots haven't been the greatest, but it's natural that there's going to be some kind of like ugly transition period for a young player for the first time in his career, even like, you know, a college we've talked about it. He was a sixth man who's a point guard. He's never been this scoring dominant guy. So asking him to do it is going to be a transition in terms of the shots. And like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm writing this piece and it's like, I started it talking about like there was this, the, the OKC game, he takes like three shots in the first half. He looks disinterested. Everyone's complaining on Twitter. And then he comes out the third quarter and Josh Giddy's been on him all game. He just starts pounding Josh Giddy inside. Did you see this game? Yeah. Yeah. He goes like Giddy again and again and again. He gets three straight buckets. He gets the line four times. And he's like, see, this is the Scotty we want. And I understand that from like a, like a, it makes sense logically, but you can't ask a player to do that all game. It's just unrealistic, right? Like NBA players, unless you're like a post-up big, they're not going to drive it into someone's body again and again and again. You know well, why not? Basketball. When you get tired, you you shoot a jumper. You just yeah, do we, it. It's just a natural thing. Like, but yeah, he's a yeah, human. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't agree with that because like I wrote it um, on Friday, like Thaddeus Young, for example, he's, he's hit the low post frequently for his uh, – uh, rate of doing so in the last couple of games, and that and it happened, I think, three times in that uh, Pacers game. I want to say he took guys down to the block, pounded him out, and just you know did his little flick and bingo, bango, bongo. 
And it's because he found the matchup, exploited it, and it was just like, and this this is what the NBA is about. It's about spamming something until the defense adjusts, and then you counter, and then they counter, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and you would think Scotty knows that he has like this power advantage over opponents. Like you see it when you know tonight that he when he's like you know emphasizing that they're too that he's huge, whatever else. Like he knows that he's stronger and bigger than everybody, and yet he doesn't choose to like spam those options. And Samson, that's what Samson and I were arguing about. And he's like, well, defenses adjust, whatever. But to your point, why wasn't he hammering Giddy down low in the first quarter and forcing Oklahoma to adjust? Instead, he waited to the third quarter to suddenly get his second wind or whatever else. Like that's that's the part that really confuses me. Yeah, I mean, I would assume the coaching staff said something at halftime about it, uh, about the matchup and how he has to dominate it. But yeah, to your point, he is smart enough to know that like he has a mismatch uh, from the opening quarter. Uh, to me, again, it's just like, uh, you're right, it's the NBA and, and all that, but it's just a human, like, a natural human inclination to settle, like, at times. You're not, it's 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 exhausting to take it into the post every single time or to go at a guy's chest again and again and again. Um, and he's young, like, Thaddeus Young, the guy you're using as an example is a 15-year vet. So yeah. I have no doubt that, that Scotty's going to get there. I think there's been a lot of encouraging signs this season in terms of his long-term growth. You mentioned the shooting. That's a huge one. But, yeah, he is a little bit immature, I would say, in terms of being that primary guy right now. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying is that I understand he's young. I understand he's, like, you know, still figuring things out. But you, but he's also super intelligent for his age and, and the way in which he plays. And you've seen him do it where he walks guys down and just goes up over them time and again. And then he goes away from it. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, like, uh, I feel like that in addition to the fact that on defense he doesn't seem to be always be locked in is that it kind of looks like sometimes he fades in and out anyway it's kind of irrelevant because tonight that wasn't the problem no the last two you games know? he's been great i was yeah. just gonna say that there's a difference between intelligence and like maturity and i think he is a little immature in that he still wants to play the game that he likes to play he likes to be a point guard he likes to take jumpers you know like these are the things he likes to do and there's a maturity in doing the things you don't like to do because they're better for the team. And yeah, I think he's working on that. Yeah. I mean, all, all, all signs point up. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not stressed about Scott or anything. If anything, it's just my expectations are higher for him because I just think he is so incredible at what he does. And I've never seen somebody so severely hurt their foot or ankle so he's often. Gone. Yeah. so often and then just like heal and come back like it's it's quite crazy you know obviously it hurts a ton but it's structurally fine it's kind of it's something i've not really seen before i think it's actually really important because of how it like often you know like there's these ad's paul george guys who are just constantly getting injured and you you say they're so good but that was getting injured like scotty has already proven to me after what and Bede stepping on him in the playoffs and him coming back a couple games later. He is like an Iron Man. He's one yeah. of those Giannis's of the world who, unless it's like a fracture or, or, a, or a tear, he can play through it and still look like himself. And I think that's really important in like a franchise guy. 
Can we just be clear about this stuff about like people freaking out? No one's freaking out. We're just people are just being analytical about what they're observing. It's like the, I, it's not binary. It's not like you can't say anything critical or it's like red alert. It's just like within the game, you're observing things and and highlighting them and trying to figure out what's going on. That's all. Um, let's move to Freddie because he had a so, tough game, huh? So bad. He he looked. He did look out of sorts uh defensively he didn't have his same like bear trappian kind of like um aggression on it seemed uh he seemed like a little bit slower or a little bit more reticent to be uh, the aggressor like he usually is and this is coming from somebody who bet the over steals prop on freddy and didn't really see you know that kind of typical freddy action and then of course he was one for 11 from three Four for 18 overall. He did have six free throws. It was nice to see five assists, two turnovers. But he's minus 16, a team worse, worst uh, in 44 minutes. He definitely did not look himself or just had an off game. What would you say, Orrin? I don't know if there's that much to add. Um, but you mentioned how you get frustrated when Scotty dribbles the air out of the ball and then takes the three. Like, I've been getting frustrated at Fred for doing that for a few years now. Yeah, me too. And yeah, it's it, it, like this season looks so good at the beginning. The offense, I thought, with Siakam being the primary guy. And as soon as he went down, Fred kind of felt justifiably like he has to carry the offense at times. And this is just a part of Fred. Like him, the offense running through him, there's just going to be times where he does this because he feels like he can kind of hit that step back three over anybody. And some nights it goes down and some nights it just doesn't. Uh, so the, it's not like we learned anything tonight. Just well, he, it wasn't like he was taking those and missing them. He was missing wide open threes too. Like he just was just not on. And you know, that happens. He's, he's played well of late. So I don't know. I, you know, like I, I think that's another encouraging to, to thing to take from this right, is that uh, not only do we not have half our team, but collectively OG and Freddie were one for 17 from three. Yeah, um, that's not going to happen. If you add Wancho and Thad that's and Coloco for his one, that's one for 23. Um, so that's that's not good. And if we hit, you know, 25% of those, this game's probably done. Um so yeah, that and it's and, not even like you can ask Fred to stop shooting the threes because no. he doesn't really have an in between game, um, like a little bit of one, but he he doesn't really get to the rim and his in between game is shaky. So it's just kind of his offense. You got to live and die with the three with Fred, and most of the times he's going to shoot it at a forty percent rate, and you're you're happy. And tonight it just wasn't going down. And and I thought he did do a good job. Credit to him, like getting off the ball in the second half and in overtime he barely shot it like yeah he really trusted og and, and scotty to take them home and they just couldn't get it done including that pass to scotty at the end which was a brilliant pass scotty just missed the layup at the end of regulation Oof. um but yeah and og also shooting oh six from three that's not gonna happen much no. either i've been thinking about like can og be an all-star is a, a thought that i've been having recently and he's shooting 36 percent from three I think he's a better shooter than this. And so, like, if that comes to a 40% clip, he could really put his name in the all-star conversation. Yeah, he's not been efficient enough, I think, to get there. 
Um, He's been like, pretty efficient, man. Let me pull up. I, I, I don't know. I've been looking up at some OG stats. Like his points per possession this season, um, point points per shot attempt, sorry, is up to 115 uh, points per 100 shot attempts. Up from 109 last year. What's season. that? 57th percentile for wings yeah so it's just a bit it's, above average it's good it's not great I, that's all i'm saying I don't know. yeah no i get it but no, continue, like, continue. people have taken notice about the defense like you match being one of the three best defenders in the world with a guy who's averaging in the month of november like 20 and and five and three or something you know it's possible well, to... if, if, if if siakam isn't back for a while it's possible and is I I've just been thinking. I mean, also he has a, like a much greater offensive load. In what was he tonight? Zero for six. Yeah. So he in his last fifteen twenty two. He's like four for twenty two in his last four nights from three. Like he's just not been shooting well. Tonight was the first night that he actually looked tired. Like yeah. that was. I think that's another commendable thing about OG. Just generally, is he never seems to get exhausted. Like you said, he's guarding the. He's everywhere defensively. He's running up. Man, that that transition. Alvin highlighted it where he started out on the turnover. He was like on the baseline and then ended up with the dunk at the other end. He moves so fast for how like slow he looks. Like he mm-hmm. he's kind of like you know like this, and he's just like yeah. flying down. But anyway, he he doesn't ever seem to get tired, which is. Uh, like incredible for all the work he does but tonight he did look tired um he hit the front rim on like three or four shots in a row and uh and he still had 27 wow that's a great line other than the shooting i think he's there he's definitely he's definitely at the uh the threshold of of all-star but um like i said i just i just think you can't be shooting you know what 35 percent or whatever in the last couple games um yeah. Yeah, I think the three point rate is gonna come up for him. And you said it earlier, if he combines the three point shot with the dri- the driving, which is like vastly improved. Oh, this so season, much better. Um, that that was a great that is not old OG. Like sidestepping, he's usually his inertia is so is such that he's usually just bowling into whatever steps in his way. And his balance over the last like three weeks has just dramatically improved. Yeah, but he's still doing the bowling stuff just just properly. Like he's doing it early on his drives, getting the two steps after he makes contact, staying on balance, not getting the offensive foul, and finishing with dunks like like he did against like John Collins. Um, he he does have both now. He has the finesse drives and he has the power drives, and it's making him really really hard to stop. Yeah. Yeah, if that if that mid range gets a little tighter too, which he can hit, like the well, if that mid range gets tired, he's just like Paul George. Like at that point, what are we doing? Here? Well, but I mean, that happened player. in the Miami game. Like he, you know, he was hitting all of his mid range stuff. And you're you're right. I mean, I mean, he's not as silky. He's, he's not Paul George like handles wise or anything like that. But um, no, yeah, I just mean like as as well as good of a player kind of thing. Like that's the one thing that's really holding him back. But yeah, I was listening to the Saturday slam and jam and be athletic NBA show, which is a really underrated podcast. And um, S tweeted out the, he tweeted out the stat that they said, I'm just looking for it right now. But OG is like getting to the rim 
he's finishing at the rim more than okay oh yeah yeah i saw that tweet um, like the He's finishing at, at a better clip than Zion and Ja Morant. He's so getting the, to the rim on like yeah career high rate, and he's finishing there at sixty seven point four percent of of his. Uh, so S tweeted for those who aren't watching. S tweeted mm-hmm. that fourteen players have attempted ninety or more shots in the restricted area. OG is one of those fourteen, finishing at a better clip than Zion Ant and Ja Morant. Um, and yeah, there then, was only like. A couple players better than him, like Embiid yeah, it was like Luca and Giannis. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's been that shocked me because we don't think about OG as a dominant interior scorer. No, we don't. I like. I'm just. I'm. I'm more used to him flubbing it than I am him scoring. But that's really has been changing, dude. That that cockback dunk he had that he got called for stepping out on, on the baseline. Did you see that today? Yeah, he stepped on the sideline when he ripped and, and went, and he just, like, he elevated full-on, like, cocked to the side, like, sideways dunk. It was nasty. When he gets to the rim, he's actually one of the best power dunkers in the game right now. Like, yeah. there's just so much force and strength coming through those crams. Even Yeah, yeah. I will say, to be objective, I think no. Will tweeted out, he, he, he turns the ball over one every, like, 11 drives. So that is still a problem. Like these are only the shots that he has taken. He does still turn it over way too often. Dude, I would bet um, the over on charges on him every game if I could. Yeah, or travels could yeah. bet that over too. Yeah, but he's coming along real fast, and he, the way in which he's doing it, he's obviously not ready for a primary option. But but slotting in beside Pascal is like it's it a world of a difference from who OG was at the beginning of this year and even last year. Like I, I was a doubter last year when we saw OG at the beginning of the season and Pascal was out and it was kind of like OG's like taking a step and it, it didn't look real to me. This, this looks real. Like he looks much more confident, much more capable of doing different things in different defensive scenarios. Um, and he's not there yet, but he's also only 24 and it's very encouraging. And he's 250 goddamn pounds, which is insane to me still. I can't I can't really get over that. He's making it harder to trade him um, in, a, in the sense that, like, there's all these star trade packages, ideas, and he's always in them. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to look like in the playoffs because one thing about OG is that he's never been afraid of the moment. He's always been that guy in playoff series that just shows up uh in times where fred and pascal haven't and against philadelphia he was the one guy last year who they started running their offense through Mm. um obviously that was partly because pascal was getting so much attention and og wasn't but if if this is the og you go into the playoffs with and you're healthy otherwise like that is just such a scary option to kind of deviate your game plan and say okay Pascal isn't working, whatever. Pascal Fred actions aren't working. Let's start going to OG in a one-on-one scenario. Um, yeah. You kind of just trust that that's going to get you points. Yeah, I agree. And as far as trading OG goes, he's kind of generally a top five defensive player of the year right now. So it's like his his value is just going up and up and up. And if we yep. traded him, I think I would cheer for that team wherever he goes. Like I'm that big of a fan of him now that I just... I when 
I balk at the idea of trading him for Kevin Durant. I know it's stupid to say, but I really do. Like, I just love watching OG so much, and I think his potential just is continues to be higher than what we're seeing. Yeah, stuff I love like this. OG too. I will say the one guy I would trade him for is KD, but I remember doing the pod with you, and we were talking about should the Raptors trade for Donovan Mitchell, um, and I think we were on the same page of like. KD is one thing, but to trade OG and Trent for Mitchell, I at least said that's just too much of a defensive downgrade for me to make it like worth it. And I kind of back that take. Like as good as Mitchell's been, I just you can't downgrade the defense as much as trading OG would be unless you're getting like a superior offensive talent. Um, so yeah, yeah, you have to do. You have to do the KD trade. I just don't want to. Yeah. Well, I get that. It would Dude, suck to heart... see him on the Nets. That would be terrible. Yeah. But him and Yuta playing side by side. Um, okay, we're going to move to the Can-Am Tax player of the game. Canamtax.com is our sponsor, the sponsor of the Wrap-Up Live. Uh, they do taxes for you individuals and you small businesses out there. So if you're interested in um, doing your taxes, having them oversee whatever, I don't even understand taxes. If you want someone to go do them, because I think like I need somebody to do that for me, go to canamtax.com. Uh, Oren, you can do the honors. It's funny. I was watching this game and in my head, I'm like, I don't, did you, who did you choose for Canam tax on um, Wednesday? Uh, was it Ben? Um, or no, was Banton, it? Uh, yeah, Ben. It was Banton. Yeah. No, was it Banton on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah I, I'm in my head. I'm like, we might be getting more Canon tax man, men than I thought we would. So, uh, who are you choosing tonight? I'm choosing Scotty Barnes. My voice is deteriorating at a rapid I hear that. rate. So, if you want to see what's take going it on, me, but... did you party too much or what? Uh, no, I've been a little sick and. I guess it's getting to me. Uh, I wanted to show this crazy. Look how high Scotty gets on this block. I know. This is a sick block. Like, he jumped. He he blocked it with his elbow. I know. Well, he's just like, so look. long. Yeah. Yo, where's... He also just timed it up like nasty. Sahal, uh, Sa- if you're listening, Oren's here and he's sick. So, just Yeah, saying. I'm not that. I, I'm not sick. I just have like a. It's like in my chest to where like that, yeah. that kind of thing. But, anyways, Scotty. Okay, Scotty Barnes, 11 for 29, 38% shooting, 50% shooting from three with four trays, which is very nice. Um, 11 rebounds, nine assists, a steal, two blocks. He really was like the motor of this game, despite there being moments that I didn't love offensively and missing that fourth quarter layup to win the game. He did play well at both ends. Um, So rightfully earned Can-Am Taxman of the night, Scotty Barnes. I would have get you know I'm a sentimental guy, and when I see the opportunity to give it to somebody else, I would have I would have thought Malachi. Like I just you know I'm really encouraged to see those jumpers go down. He had that sick jab and cross on uh, Trey for the the right handed layup. Like that was dope. Um, and then Thad would have been up and up there too maybe because he, he had a very efficient game. So, yeah, but I don't think Scotty got it this season. So I wanna, okay. I wanna give it, give him some love, and I just think he sets a tone when he season high this kind of energy. Like he picked up Trey full court from the get go, and I just thought it set a tone. And 
when he plays with that kind of energy and enthusiasm, they really are hard to beat. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, we're gonna go to questions period, and then we're gonna get out of here because Oren's losing his voice, and I'm going to go out and have some beverages um, out here in Vancouver. What up? Um, so I Shay, I Shay, one two three, I Ches, itches, itches. Uh, asks how would we rate this team that being Toronto Raptors handling of Scotty's development out of 10 I think out of 100 is a lot more accurate but we'll go out of 10 um, Oren do you want to talk or not at all yeah but you go first I think I I think I'm confused uh, the, the development I love don't get me wrong. Like, I think they haven't been shy about throwing him out there and letting him learn by fire. And I think he's he's built for it. And I think it's the right way to handle him. I think holding him back would be a mistake. I don't fully understand everything they're doing and how they're doing it and why. I think there's probably a long-term goal here that I don't fully understand. I.e., the way he's... Def- we, we've talked about this before, but guarding, you know, primary scores that are like much shiftier than he is, much quicker, um, and that really kind of exploit him at the point of attack. Don't fully understand that one. Offensively, sometimes I don't get how they're using him and why, but overall, I think like this is absolutely the right way to handle him to see how much volume he can take on and, um, and, if, yeah, and for him to practice being the alpha primary option because, as Oren was saying in Florida, he wasn't that guy. And if anything, one of his flaws was not being aggressive enough. Um, and so Toronto's saying, here, go do your thing. Um, so I would give it a 9.3 out of 10, 93 out of 100. I didn't know we were doing points, but I was going to give it a 9 out of 10 yeah. and say largely the same thing, like doing a little bit of everything. You think eventually they're going to see what works and what doesn't and err towards the things that work, i.e. not putting him on point guards who are fast and shifty. But that part is still yet to be seen. I think the developmental aspect of it is really encouraging. Even a thing as small as having a head coach like Nick Nurse who encourages guys to take the three, I think you're already seeing the benefits of that this season with Scotty hitting like 35% of his threes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other question is from Guru Shishya, who's a, a faithful follower, uh, asking us what's our overall impression of Gary Trent Jr. this year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he started out well. He started out hitting shots, but like he wasn't creating his own. It was Siakam was mostly just feeding him open threes. Uh, and he was hitting them at a good rate. He's a good shooter. But as soon as Siakam went down and he was asked to do kind of the off-the-triple stuff again, it looked really bad. The defense hasn't been good this year. The playmaking yeah, hasn't taken a jump. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a real trade candidate at the deadline. Cause he's I, still st- I still stand by him being six-man, though, like or off yeah. the bench. Like I think – I really think if – like it's at a point now where he's struggling that – I don't know that making that move would be the bombshell that to the ego that we once thought it would be, especially if you frame it properly. But I and it, and especially seeing how all of these, you know, like having Banton start over him is like 
kind of interesting. I'm not saying we do it or anything, but but you know, like we're seeing guys now that are that are performing, that are playing better than we thought they would, and maybe it's not sustainable. Maybe it is, but I think, yeah, he's that definitely underwhelmed. That makes sense if they want to stay small and like quick and play this heavy rotating heavy scheme. Banton makes sense because he's at his best when he's with uh, guys who are going to set him up. But I felt Lewis made a good point on this very show the other day where he said it was after one of the games where Siakam was out and, and Trent just shot the ball poorly. He kept kind of trying to create his own shot. And he said that, like, if you put him in a six-man role, this is more so what he's going to do rather than the catch-and-shoot stuff. And Yeah, do you want that? And do you want that? Yeah, and, and I think that's a good point. Like, I'm not sure I do. I, at the beginning of the year, I did, and you're right. Now I'm not so sure, but I think he also would be a nice like accompaniment with Boucher and Precious. I don't know. Maybe he needs more space to operate. I think like we are kind of seeing that with Pascal being out. Is we kind of had it like it was a. It's just been that, and that's why that that starting five is I don't think been as efficient as we want it to be. Is that it's just a little bit crowded for the way in which a lot of these guys play. OG included, right? Like your OG has the space to now operate um, and do what he wants to do, and that's because Pascal's removed from the equation and Gary, for that matter. So I think it. I think there's something to be said for balancing out the touches a little bit. Like take the touches away from Boucher, give them to Gary. Let the like let when they come out there, you know, keep Boucher in place by doing so. Whereas with Boucher and Precious, for example, I think Boucher thinks he deserves them over Precious, which he probably does at this point. So yeah. I think part of it is like balancing out the starting lineup a little bit as much as it is is giving Gary uh, new breath. I would lean that way too. I'll I'll be surprised. I'll be curious if they actually do something with the starting lineup after the stretch. But the other reason I would lean that way is because I think the defense is really compromised when when Fred and Gary share a backcourt. Like Fred's a great defender, but he's not defending the post. Gary's not defending the post, and he's he's making mistakes at the point of attack a lot. So two guys, two small guys to pick on. I thought that's really been exploited this season. So mm. you add a Banton or a Precious to that group, or Coloco even. I don't like Coloco there, but Precious is who I would go with. Like. Then there's only one guy to kind of target in Fred, and and even then it, it's not an easy target. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we can leave it about there. Liam O'Reilly does ask about what we think about Trey Young waving at the bench in overtime. Uh, like Trey, man, he's good. Yeah, he knows. So he, he knows it. Yeah, he knows. He's, he's a, a fun villain, man. Yeah, like, he is. We watch the Knicks series. It's fun. He, he's not. He's not like an evil guy or anything. No. Yeah, it's it's all for show. I mean, bra- yeah, bragging about winning in overtime over mm-hmm. a severely injured team is like, isn't? No, it's the NBA, man. A win's a there's, win. There's not a lot of there's not a lot to brag about, but but I but I don't care. Like, it's not like Embiid, who I think is just like really not self aware and is a hypocrite. Blah blah blah. I think Trey knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't give an f and. That's dope. It's kind of like it's like Memphis too, right? Like they just don't give a shit who thinks about what they do at all, and it looks good and it's fun. And I think this is the same thing. I think I think Trey deserves a, a a pop from one of the Raptors in the next game, for sure. But that's all part in the that's all part of the competitive spirit. So part of the fun. Yeah. Part of the fun. 
Uh, okay, we're going to sign out there just because uh, we're losing Oren's voice. We want to give him the, the, the three days, get those that lemon, ginger, cayenne tea, you know, massage the, the, the larynx. I love a massage. No, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Have an excellent Saturday night. We'll be back Wednesday. They are playing. Who are they playing? Somebody tell me who they're Nets. playing. They're playing the Nets. Could be Kyrie's first game back. From, Ooh, uh, let's go. OG is going to do it for all the Jews out there. Let's go. It could um, be tomorrow. He's questionable tomorrow, but it could be Wednesday. Right. Okay, cool. Well, those are always fun games. Um, do Are we expecting anybody back by then? I don't know. I guess there's some kind of Probably. viral thing spreading around the Raptors. So who knows who's going to go down? I wonder if they're isolating some of those guys. Yeah, also Scotty heard is like ankle injuries often swell up the, the next day. So I wouldn't be surprised if Scotty has to miss a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, we could get guys back too, like yeah. Boucher and Gary seen day to day. Um also shout out to pr- our producer, Keon Haddad, for yeah. producing this episode. Excellent job, Keon. Thank like, you very much. So take some time off, everybody. We got we got a, a couple of days to catch up with the other MB other games in the NBA. Yep. Play Elden uh, Ring like me. It's fine. Oh really? Elden Ring? Yeah. He didn't strike yeah. me as a fantasy guy. Yeah, every once in a while I get a video game, and then I'm really too old to play them because I'm really bad at them. Don't say that because I'm much older than you, and I still play them. So, but are you bad at them? Oh no, I'm pretty good. Oh yeah, I used to be good, and then I just like my brain slowed down in old age. I don't know. Is it age or is it the reefer? Well, (laughs) that's for next episode. All right, stay tuned. All All right, thanks everybody. I am out. We are out. Peace.